The need for sustained investment in medical research is critical to patient care, but annual budget cuts to the National Institutes of Health, perhaps the most critical of the government agencies to medical research, have continued for years now. I'm Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter for the Chicago Tribune, and with me today is Dr. Daryl Kirch. He's the president and chief executive officer of the Association of American Medical Colleges. Dr. Kirch joins us from Washington, D.C. today, where the AAMC was founded in 1876 and is a nonprofit association representing all 129 accredited U.S. medical schools, as well as 17 accredited Canadian medical schools and nearly 400 teaching hospitals and health systems across the country. Dr. Kirch assumed his current position as AAMC president in July of 2006, following six years as senior vice president for health affairs and the dean of the College of Medicine and CEO of the Milton S. Hershey Medical Center at the Pennsylvania State University. A noted psychiatrist and neuroscientist in his own right, Dr. Kirch, it is a pleasure to have you on ReachMD XM157. The pleasure is mine. Thank you for having me. So, Dr. Kirch, this, you know, as someone who not only writes about doctors and healthcare and the business side, you know, I also write about the pharmaceutical industry. And this really is fascinating because at this point in our history, a lot of generic drugs are coming off patent and the pharmaceutical industry, despite all of the riches they have over the years, they have trouble funding research and development, but a lot of them get some of their most innovative products through research at the National Institutes of Health. And what you're going to talk to us today about is the fact that the funding of this organization has not been increased in many years. It is, I think, an issue of critical importance to this country. But what's unfortunate is that many Americans, even I think many of my fellow physicians, believe mistakenly that the strong industry that exists in America in pharmaceuticals and medical devices and the like is self-perpetuating in a sense. What we don't acknowledge so publicly and what many Americans don't understand is that we've really created a unique system of investment in America. And it goes back to the post-World War II period when the National Institutes of Health really came into their own and established their system of giving peer-reviewed grants to researchers out in universities. And that provided the starting point for tremendous discoveries, many of which ultimately did translate into commercially available drugs and devices and the like. But it was that catalytic step of having the NIH there giving grants to university-based medical school, teaching hospital-based researchers that was the key first step in this process. It is far and away the reason that America is widely viewed as the leader internationally in biomedical advances. What is very concerning to me and my colleagues is that suddenly we see that at risk in a way it never has been before. If you look over the entire history of the last almost 50 years of NIH funding, while there have been occasional years or at the most two, and in one case three years, where funding was constrained or decreased. We are now in the sixth year. If the president's most recent budget proposal is approved, we would be in the sixth year of a loss 
in NIH funding when measured in constant dollars. We've, we've never seen anything like that. What happens when you have not been funded? I mean, are there researchers, obviously, that probably aren't getting money and are certain programs teaching hospitals? Are they perhaps ending? Or could you give us sort of the lay of the land as to how this has affected research programs and research at hospitals? In some cases, but unfortunately, not many institutions have the ability to do this. They're able to use other sources of funds, such as donated funds, to try and help continue important research programs. But what we see happening is exactly what you're describing. We see recognized, accomplished scientists becoming discouraged, in some cases stopping one or more projects, in other cases even leaving the field, we've seen something that I think is very concerning. We've seen established American scientists move to other nations where the climate is viewed as more hospitable and more supportive of basic biomedical research. And then what worries me the most in all this is we see the next generation of scientists observing all this and all too many of them in concluding that our nation is backing away from its commitment to research and they should pursue other careers. Could you give us some examples of this? Because this, is, I think, would be sort of alarming to people because I suppose that the researcher probably, they might not be going into it for the money, so to speak. I mean, unless they can develop some sort of a patent. I mean, you probably have individuals that might be going into, you know, research teaching, if you will, and then finding that, you know, it's not worth their while. And then if the projects are not funded, I suppose that they just figure, you know, what the heck. I agree with you. The scientists I know, the really the driving passion for them is discovery. It's exploring new ground. They don't want to simply imitate what other people are doing. And it's that very basic, fundamental kind of discovery, some of which is very risk-taking. You know, it's an idea that's untested, unproven, that somebody needs to support. And for many decades, it's been NIH that was willing to support that. Let me translate it into an example that any physicians listening, I think, might identify with. I graduated from medical school roughly 30 years ago. When I was a medical student and a child was admitted to the hospital with a newly diagnosed leukemia, the likelihood of their dying of that leukemia was 80%. Now, today, the likelihood of their surviving that leukemia is 80%. You know, if that kind of transformational change that didn't happen overnight, it was literally year by year small advances in understanding the mechanisms of cancers and exploring new chemotherapeutic approaches and combinations. It was the funding of collaborative trials to do the right kinds of comparisons. That is the kind of thing that you have to take a few steps back and say, do we really want to turn off that pipeline, that early discovery pipeline, and risk missing similar kinds of advances in the future? Well, this is a fascinating discussion. And if you're just joining us, or even if you're new to our channel, you're listening to a special education segment on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson of the Chicago Tribune. And joining me today is Dr. Daryl Kirch. He's the president and chief executive officer of the Association of American Medical Colleges, 
which represents residency programs at medical schools and 400 teaching hospitals. And we're talking about something that a lot of people don't realize when they talk about funding of pharmaceuticals and life-saving treatments. The National Institutes of Health, which is perhaps one of the most critical government agencies to medical research. And Dr. Kirch, I believe that the statistics will show that this marks the sixth straight year in a row that NIH's budget has not kept pace with inflation. And I guess my question for you is, what is it that can be done? Or is there some school of thought in the current administration that maybe somebody else should be funding this? And of course, Congress, we can put some of this at their feet. What are the reasons that they give on this? Well, I certainly hear from some quarters the notion that this really shouldn't be such a governmental responsibility. We should rely more and more on the private sector to support research. I think the point I would make is we can't expect private companies to take these risks that are involved in early-stage research. That is so fundamental, in my view, as a public good, as something we should invest in as a society, that I believe government needs to remain involved. A related point I would make is we need to think of this in terms of the return on investment that we receive. Most people don't realize that the NIH budget has been frozen now for several years at around the level of 28 or $29 billion. Now, that sounds like a lot of money, but then when you compare it to the $2 trillion plus we're spending in health care every year in this country, I think most of us would agree that that's a small investment for the kinds of returns we can get in key areas such as heart disease, stroke, uh, Alzheimer's disease, areas where a lot of research is active right now. It's probably about three years of Lipitor sales, although Lipitor is getting hit a little bit by generic competition. (laughs) You could compare it to a lot of things. I think you'd be very hard-pressed, though, to find many investments our country has made that have had such an incredible return in terms of lives saved. And certainly the cost of research is not going down. I mean, I think that the pharmaceutical industry, and some will argue this point, whether it's accurate, but they would say that it costs $800 million, I believe, to develop one pharmaceutical starting in the lab until it reaches the market. And so at the very earliest stages, that's kind of where you get into some real issues and expenses. It is. And to their credit, The universities, medical schools, teaching hospitals in America have not sat back and expected the government to carry this burden alone. They have all been investing significantly in facilities, laboratories, and in people. So they've worked hard to build the infrastructure for this kind of basic discovery, but it will continue to need that special ongoing support that the grants programs of NIH can provide. And what should physicians or researchers out there listening, what would you give them some advice? Is there state funding out there? Are there places that they should go, people that they should call to get this issue on a front burner? I think that this is an issue that physicians have a special interest in. And it should be one of the things, I know they're concerned about the larger healthcare system and other issues, 
But as they engage politically, as they speak with their representatives, as they test candidates one versus another, they should be very clear that support for NIH-funded research should remain a national priority. Despite all the challenges we face, it's a relatively small investment with huge returns. Well, this has been a very interesting topic with Dr. Daryl Kirch, who's the President and Chief Executive Officer of the Association of American Medical Colleges. You've been listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson of the Chicago Tribune, and I've been your host. We would like to thank Dr. Kirch, and we welcome your comments and questions through our website at ReachMD.com, which now features our entire medical show library, including the show in on-demand podcasts. And I would like to thank you today for listening.